Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. It's a special edition of Dave and DeGenevic, live from Grantsville High School in Tooele County. This is KSL in your community. I'm convinced that our spending habits are confusing the Fed. They keep raising interest rates, and we keep spending and buying, and they're like, wait a minute, we're raising interest rates, so you spend less and we slow the economy down. Uh, we can anticipate we can anticipate more rate increases because we're spending, 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 Dave. They are sending us a message, and we refuse to listen. I, I wonder if the Fed feels like a parent. Like, they keep saying things, but we, the children, are just tuning them out. How, have you slowed your spending habits? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I've. it's been incredible as we've seen all that disposable income that we had just evaporate over the last couple because of years. Of inflation? No question. You've um, been more conscientious about what you're buying and why you're buying it. Vacations, oh. home improvements, ah. uh, replacing furniture, you know, whatever it might be. All of that has been radically curtailed. So well, I don't know what the rest of y'all are doing. <laughs> Ted Rossman, a senior industry analyst at Bankrate. Clearly, Dave and his family is not the problem. <laughs> yeah, you're doing your part to bring down inflation. I like it. <laughs> the, the, the Fed would, would thank him. But what, what, is, what is going on? What are you seeing from the 30,000-foot-up level? Yeah, I think what you're talking about actually does hit on some important contradictions in the economy because, you know, in some respects, we have really good numbers, like the lowest unemployment rate in 54 years. But that's counterbalanced by high inflation, obviously, high interest rates. Credit cards are at their highest point on record, a little over 20 percent. And none of this really feels great. I mean, I think a lot of people have had downbeat consumer confidence numbers for really a few years now um, for all of these reasons. And, you know, it is a tough job for the Fed. I think it speaks to that K-shaped economy where some people are doing much better than others. But I still think that inflation is still too high and it's definitely broadened out. And I feel like it's affecting all of us. And even if our wages are up, it just doesn't feel right because inflation's gobbling up so much of that. Ted, I do want to talk uh dive into that a little bit more about the wages because uh, so often we hear about a livable wage and just a couple of years ago it was like a $15 you know livable wage well with inflation you look at $15 and $15 is the new $10 or whatever it might be it, can you speak to that a little bit about how wages have gone up but it just doesn't seem like it feels like we're going backwards still 
Yeah, because, yeah, that's right. If your wages are up four or five percent and inflation is six or seven, you know, you're still falling behind. There can be a vicious cycle to this, too, that as workers, we love to get paid more. But as consumers, we don't want to pay more. And then if businesses are paying their workers more and also if raw materials cost more, then just everything goes up and it, it kind of feeds off itself. I think it's important, too, that a lot of the data that we see is not adjusted for inflation, like the monthly retail sales figures, for example. So it looks like people are spending really aggressively, but a good bit of that is just because everything costs more. Grocery prices are up 11%. um, Travel prices are way up. Now, that's an interesting one because that's largely a discretionary expense. So we do still have some pent-up demand from the pandemic, and people are traveling, and they're eating out. So, you know, some of it's discretionary, but there are also a lot of people using their credit cards extensively just because they need to, and they're putting essentials on there. And with interest rates so high, that's a tough one. I was going to ask you, Ted, why do people keep spending? Do you think that is largely because of inflation, or are we emotionally spending? A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's some of both. I mean, I think a lot of it is inflation, especially essentials and especially lower income Households are bearing the brunt of it because they have less income to begin with, but also their budget is mostly necessities. So there's only so much you can cut. Um, That said, you know, there are still impressive statistics for growth at restaurants and and travel. And, you know, I do think there is this kind of you only live once thing that has come out of the pandemic, among other things. And I mean, we definitely see it among young adults, but you know, we also see young adults struggling with student loans and you know, housing is so expensive. And, you know, th- there are a lot of essentials that people are spending on as well. So I, I think it's kind of a mix. But I think in recent months, we've started to see people pulling back on bigger ticket items like cars and electronics and renovations. And I, I think it speaks to that cumulative toll of month after month of higher prices and higher interest rates. Ted Rossman, thank you for joining us. Senior Industry Analyst at Bankrate. Did want to go over some spending habits? I looked at this article. It was posted on Amerabit. I think that's the name of the website. And they broke down like a line item, uh, line by line, how much we spend on different things around our house and for our lives. You want to hear it? Yes. Uh, this one shocked me. The average American spends $63,500 a year on everything to basically keep us alive and put a roof over our heads. How much? 63500 a year. Okay. okay. So let me break it down That's even more. That's the bare more. minimum. 
Yeah, did, I, I, I didn't think it was that high. That, yeah, that, that surprised me. Oh, it, <laughs> sounds like a chunk of change to me. Okay. Okay. Um, let's talk about housing. We spend between eighteen and thirty-six thousand dollars a year on okay. housing. That make right. So you know, house payments. Two to three thousand yeah. dollars. Yep. Yeah. Healthcare. Uh, whether you live alone or you live with your family, you're spending about five thousand dollars a year on healthcare expenses. That would probably make sense for the year you had last year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't break things. I thought this was interesting. If you're eating out, you're spending about $2,400 a year away from home. But single people spend more eating out. They spend about $3,500 a year eating out than, than people who are with a significant other. I thought that was curious. Do you remember? I I brought this to the team's attention, and it was shocking to me. I it was one of the government websites that tracks spending, and and this was the big shocker to me. We spend more money eating out than we do eating at home. It's about fifty five percent of our total food budget, quote unquote food budget, is eating out, and that was shocking to me because we're choosing to go to McDonald's, we're choosing to go out and and have a, a nice meal versus going home go to the grocery store and making our food at home. Here's what I, I was curious. Like how much do we spend on like things like hairspray and Q-tips? <laughs> Very little for yeah. me. I mean, they're like, or, or like non-essential items, yeah. right? Things that we don't really necessarily need. It's about, it's about, uh, hairspray is not essential. Okay. Yeah. okay. Non-essential <laughs> items. You're right. I don't, I don't use hairspray anymore. I gave that up. Um, save the ozone. We spend about $1,500 a month on non-essential items. So if you're looking to cut your budget, if you're keeping track of, of and you should be, right? I mean, you should be, look at that. Cause that was, I thought there probably could be a ton of wiggle room in something labeled non-essential. Well, if you, if you really look at what is essential, what is non-essential, uh, you can really start breaking it down. Like is your cell phone non-essential? Is your Wi-Fi? Is your Netflix account? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things that you could reasonably say, oh, that's that's not essential. But I'm not sure Wi-Fi is not essential anymore. I'm not sure a smartphone is not essential. Well, you, there's definitely things here that you 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 can't do without. You can't do yeah. without a roof over your head. Um, you can't always do without a car. Although maybe you can take light rail mm. and spend less on a car. A lot of places right. around the world would look at what we deem as essential and would laugh in our yeah. faces. So the car, the number you spend on a car would be between 3000 and 10000 a year, according to the data. Is there, there a place there that you could cut back? Like I've thought about um, taking more light rail yeah. into work at least a couple of times a week and just extending my, my days at, in the newsroom and then taking light rail home. And that could save me... a easily a couple hundred dollars a month in gas because it's about a, a, a 30 minute or so commute one way. We're not nearly as creative as we should be. And I think that is in part why we're still spending so much money. Lots of food for thought <laughs> and ways to save or things to think about. 
Uh, thanks so much uh, to Ted Rossman for weighing in as well. Uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, we're looking forward to our conversation with the superintendent of the Tooele County School District, Dr. Mark Ernst. Dave, you had some questions about uh, teacher retention and how they're keeping teachers here in the Tooele School District happy so they stick around. Yeah, nationally we are seeing uh, teachers, uh, part-time substitutes, just leave the industry altogether. I'm curious what it looks like in in one of our smaller school districts. So much more straight ahead as the Dave and Dijanovic Show broadcasts live from Grantsville High. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.